Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast, officially the last podcast of this year. I know some of you have been saying that you want some over the Christmas period, but unfortunately, we need some fucking time off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking fucking Bailey's hot chocolate for breakfast. She's going to fuck off. Aye, so we do apologise. We love you, but you can definitely fuck off. <laughs> but please just go back and listen to old episodes that actually will probably be, be- very beneficial when you rewatch them, re-listen and utilise them because everything gets better with repetition yeah 100% we could actually um, at the end I'll recommend some of the best ones or some some that I think are my favourite episodes that we've recorded um, so you can go back and listen to them um, almost a year of the Built for Life podcast can you believe it from February it's fucking mental to be honest that's like, nuts. I remember when we started it we are like right we will not miss a week and then fucking life get in the way we've missed them <laughs> We've done not too bad. We've pivoted and pretty much got the majority of them in, to be yeah. fair. So I think for someone with such busy schedules like us, like I applaud our effort. <laughs> yeah, we did also launch an entire new business in amongst all that. Exactly, exactly. And I also get married. Oh, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, let's say... Right. What episode number is this? 37, I think. Oh, that's not bad. 52 weeks in a year. I am, and it's not even a year till we get to some point in February. Happy days. I'm t- I'll take it. And if any of you are saying we should be at 100%, fuck off again. <laughs> <laughs> but that, all that's the videos for improvement. Uh, exactly. Exactly. We can't all be fucking perfect everything. But we are currently, um, today, going to be talking about the lessons, like 12 lessons for 12 months of this year, pretty much. And we're going to look back on each month individually and look at the lessons that we took away from our experiences that month and how we would apply them moving forward in the future to similar experiences again. So we're actually probably right now, because I know I am, <laughs> Jen's, I think as well, scrolling through her phone, because the minute that we were talking about this, I was like, I'm going to have to pull my phone out here and go back and see what I was actually doing <laughs> back in January. <laughs> it's funny because I feel as if I can't remember what was happening in January, but I can remember what happened in bloody 2006 on yeah. the 19th of December at some fucking time. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> So do you, you want, want to start? start? No, you go first. Go for it. Okay. So January's biggest lesson for me was <laughs> I can't ever fucking do this again. <laughs> <laughs> January's biggest lesson was 100% I have so much success. I've created so much success for myself and my professional life. And I, to be fair, that was my big takeaway from 2022 was I've created so much success in my professional life. But... I can't fully embrace it because of how I feel in my personal life. And like just looking at like my before pictures <clears throat> that I took like at the start of January. And I'm like, fucking hell. Like I actually feel so sad for her. Cause I'm like, I can remember taking them and thinking, how the fuck have I ended up here again? Like after everything I've been through, all the success that I've created, the years I've spent working in this. Like, why the fuck has this happened again? And I can remember, like, having to panic buy loads of new clothes because nothing fitted me. Having to buy, like, in plus sizes again after not having to for years. And just thinking to myself, like, how the fuck did you let yourself come back here? Like, how like how did this fucking happen? Um, there's actually a picture of me in Paul's phone for when we were in Galway at the start of the year. And I remember seeing the picture and I was like, who is that? Who the fuck? I look old as fuck. Like, I'm not wearing any makeup in it, but, like, I honestly look like I'm in my 50s. I look honest, like, old and tired and bloated. Not there's anything wrong with being in your 50s, but, like, I'm 31, give me time. <laughs> but, like, I honestly look just fucked in it. And then even, like, I showed you that one of, me at the, one of the events I was speaking at in January... And I can remember seeing that picture and I was like, I just don't recognise myself anymore. And it was such a strange place to be in because I had come so far in so many ways. But to be in that position again where I just felt fucking fat and shattered. <laughs> like, that's the only way I can describe it. And, like, January was mad. Like, we had so much on. Like, I think I spoke at, like, eight events or something over the course, in, like, two weeks or something like that. And it was so much like exciting things. We were fucking supercharged and ready to like absolutely dominate the year. And we did. <laughs> we made the price. Aye, massively, man. <laughs> I feel like we said, right, we're going to be sprinting for the first 
six months of this year and I feel like we're still sprinting. That's still why you're going to get any podcast over Christmas. <laughs> we turned that six months into 12. I think we thought that like, but I think we thought that like after your wedding and stuff, we would start to ease off. <laughs> and then <laughs> we, decided, we decided to start a new business. Well, <laughs> but nah, fuck that. There'll be no easing off here. But the thing is, it's kind of like what we say to so many people. And it was a, that, that was us taking our own lessons as well. Like I always say to people, don't be scared to take action when things are fucking rough because then you're going to feel like you, you, you have the skills to manage it when things are fucking rough. Yeah. And we probably couldn't have added any more to our plate, but we did and we managed it and we trusted ourselves to do it. And I think more people have to build that skill and take that lesson as well and apply it to their own life because nothing is ever really going to get easier. And I'm already going into next year thinking to myself, right, we're probably going to be fucking splinting again. Yeah. <laughs> but we're in a better position to manage it. Yeah, 100%. We've improved our running economy this year. Exactly, exactly. And it's probably from all the fucking running at all. <laughs> True. Uh, True. My for January would be admit defeat sooner. So I think mm. obviously I spoke to you about this. We may have spoke about it in a podcast. I can't remember. Remember, I almost had like a mental breakdown last year because I'd got unwell. I had food poisoning. And then yeah. last week on this podcast, we spoke about biggest challenges for the year. And obviously, after we move into divine stuff, um, there was a lot of kind of turmoil across the board with people kind of responding to it in a particular way. Yeah, people were a bit cunty about it. Let's just call it People were a bit cunty about it. So I was very reactive at that point because at the end of the day, like I've always just known how to work hard to to stay safe. Like one of my biggest values is security. So at that point, I had a choice to make, right? I have to put my head down and I need to work more professionally or I need to work on myself more personally. Now I was feeling fucking the skinniest I fucking ever felt in years. And by the way, I was just looking at the pictures that I took in the gym in January. I looked like a fucking twig. Yeah, and- I remember seeing you. I don't know if it was January. It must have been right before you went to Dubai. Or was it, did you come, I can't remember. But Mama. I remember seeing you and being like, you could see, and I don't ever, when people look different, I, I would never pass comment, but I feel concerned for you. Do you know uh, that way? Like, this isn't what this cunt would, would uh... want. <laughs> um, so... Like, I remember, I think it was just before or over the Christmas period, I like sat down and I spoke to Joanne about it. And I was like, well, I've not been able to take control the way that I would like to physically. So for me, in my mind, it's better staying lean than just getting fat, which Mm -hmm. I know in my head logically just makes absolutely no sense. And I wouldn't have got fat anyway. (laughs) But I was like, at least I still have the image of the guy that's smashing it if I stay lean kind of thing. And I didn't want to admit defeat with that and then end up just looking kind of out of shape mm. I really needed to fuel myself to actually support them at the work that I was having to do so mm. that was my big lesson which actually then applied later on in the year when it came to throwing in the till with that ultra marathon I, I was going to do because mm. I got so I actually did use that lesson further down the line because I was like if this might be a little bit graphic but you know we talk about shakes on on here I, was, I literally could not keep a meal in for like two months and that's why I was in and out of hospital so much and why they were kind of concerned and I could feel I could feel that like sense of losing shape and losing um muscle and losing strength again and I was like the, the worst thing that I could do he just put my body under more stress and go and run fucking 120 kilometers yeah. so that's mine are we on to February yeah and I think do you know something about that as well like it's not as if you said like oh I'm just never going to do this like you recognize that actually now me now would be worse for me than yeah, it would yeah. be better for me. So like you had to just put your ego in check and say now's not the time. I'm still low key raging though that like we both had like aggressive shits, but you got the ones that made you lose weight and I didn't. I know. <laughs> 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 Honestly, I wish I ever. I wish I ever. The um, fucking Barca parasite. I exactly. So let's go on to February, Jen. So February. My biggest lesson was you are so you are so much more capable at this than you thought you were. So February, I spoke at um, the High Performance Coach event for the first time, um, and they brought me in as a mentor um, at the end of that month. Um, <clears throat> and I can remember absolutely like being buzzing for it, but absolutely shitting myself for the talk because I was like, I'm used to speaking to like normal people like me yeah, but like yeah. I don't know if I know how to speak to coaches and then 
I had worked with coaches before that I've always wanted to do that. That's always kind of been, I would say really ever since, like even since before I actually pursued the business full time, I always thought about I, I want to work with more coaches and I'd coached a lot of coaches on a one-to-one um, and I'd taken some people through my course that I'd created, but like they weren't really, most coaches who knew me knew me as your success coach. <clears throat> so I felt a bit like, do I have a right to be here? Like people will will people respect me in my own right as my own person and not like will they view me as that's just a success coach? Do you know what I mean? As opposed to and which is fucking bullshit anyway, because like you shouldn't look at anybody like that. But I remember thinking, like, will they respond to this? Will this actually be of relevance to them? Like the stuff that I know is crucial to coaching, will they think it's crucial to coaching? Um and I was fucking, I was, I was one of those ways where I was like, I was shitting myself for it. But once I got into it and once I got into flow, I was like, nah, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be saying. And the response was insane. Like, it was fucking overwhelming. Um, and I think that was probably the day that I realised and I learned the lesson that I have got so much more to offer than what I've been allowing myself to offer. I like that. I like that. It's funny you say that as well, but that was your biggest thing because I just found uh, the picture of me looking like a proud dad. What oh, you- I love that photo. <laughs> even I love. Do you know my favorite thing about it is you're so captivated listening to me, even though you've heard me say all that shit a fucking hundred times. Uh-huh. There was no new information for you in there, but you still exactly. just captivated. Exactly, but it's just it's the way you deliver it. Just fucking draws everyone in, and uh, they love telling a good story. Exactly, but look again. You applied that lesson because look what we're doing now. Yeah, 100%. I also have a picture from February that is, I don't know, it must have been a screenshot that I've then sent to you, but it was a screen, it was a picture I sent to you, it would have been 2022, and it says the face of a lassie who's just handed it her notice. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a throwback, throwback. Fucking hell. That's fucking class. That's so good. We need to do this more often. Guys, if you've not done this yet, like scrolling through your year, go and do it. It's well fun, isn't it? There's um, just one one more additional one that's not a lesson, but it's just funny. Do you remember when I was watching um, Joan Callie's dog, eh, Frankie? Dudsy, yes. she's Dudsy, she's affectionately known as. Callie will be fucking buzzing that Dudsy's got a shout out in the podcast. So do you remember I told you, you were at my house when I had her, right? Yep. And um, the dog would never, in all the years she's been alive, she's never walked down the stairs. So she would stand, she would sit at the top of their stairs and cry until right. they picked her up to carry her down the stairs. And the first time in her life that dog ran down the stairs was when you came in my door. Uh, <laughs> She'd uh, obviously, she came down to fucking, I don't know, attack you or chew your ankles or something. And <laughs> she now runs up and down the stairs freely. No way. Like, honestly, she's a changed dog. See, I fucking coach everyone to run. Exactly. Far, far run. Building the Good confidence dogs. of a petrified sausage dog. <laughs> That's Love brilliant. It. That's absolutely class. Uh, my lesson from February would be that I do belong in a performance realm of some sort within the industry that's higher than I believed it to be. Because mm. I've done high rocks, like I've gained, like even though my January lesson was applied to January and I'd, I'd obviously um, looked at it kind of over the November and December period too, I was still kind of struggling with it in January to the point that I had taken action, but I was still kind of seeing the conflict and the decision that I'd made. Um, but come the point I'd went and done high rocks in February, I think I was like 88 kilos. Because at that event, I remember I walked in and Joe was like, Jesus Christ, you look like you've been on a cycleroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to get as much food back in me. And like, to be honest, the first like three kilos that went on were just all glycogen and water. It was just mm-hmm. all that glycogen and water storage. He's just like fully pumping up again. And I've always been one of those guys that can gain weight really quickly and actually gain muscle really quickly. But so I actually don't know why I don't even do it more. But I also have these trade-offs now where I want to run really fast and I can't be too big for that either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what a problem we have. What <laughs> we have. Um, <laughs> so I remember doing that and I was like, I was not lean at the time. I was a uh, heavier. I was carrying even probably about four or five kilos heavier than what my maintenance would be. Maintain usually around kind of like 84-ish kilos, something like that. And done it in seven hours. <clears throat> I was like, that was fucking pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And I've always had this thing where, like, I've always, I've, I've always kind of operated on my own. And it's weird that 
whenever I've done things, I've done them in teams and the teams have always placed well, but I've always then questioned, like, did I really contribute to that? Yeah. <laughs> so to see, like, obviously in High Rocks, it was doubles, but you need to run together. You need to you need to do everything together, pretty much. And to see that, I seen it through and I came in at that time, especially because I'd never done it before and I hadn't really trained much for it either because it was a kind of like last minute, let's do it decision. I was proud of it. You know what I mean? Because there was no specificity to it really. And I wasn't really running long distances and all that at that point. So I was buzzing with that. So that's my lesson. Nice. Nice. I love that. I love that. Um, March. Yep. <laughs> March is when I broke my ankle. Oh my, is that how long ago that was? Look at that bad boy. Oft. <laughs> for, anybody, for the listeners, it's just an extremely bruised fucking fat ankle like like oh, fucking hell <laughs> it was so bad um so March is when I broke my ankle I think I learned a couple of lessons in March I learned that I learned that I had so much more within my control than what I'd previously than what I'd previously like being able to accept because as soon as that happened I was rushing about my friend was in hospital and I was trying to juggle being in a new job because I'd started in HPC by then being in a new job as well as all my other jobs as well as my own clients as well as like visiting her because she was like really really serious health. she nearly died <clears throat> and she was in Monklands just like two minutes up the road for me so I was trying to go as much as I possibly could and I was running down the stairs and slipped and came down, like crashed down on my ankle and that was how I broke it. So which is really fucking annoying. What a stupid way to get a fucking injury. Um and I tried to walk about in it and it was it was fucking agony. I mean I sent Paul to Argos to buy me crutches because I was refusing to go to the hospital. I eventually went to the hospital, the shock horror, it was fucking fractured, and I had to go back in a boot. And I can remember like being in a moon boot again, and I was like, "How? How am I in a moon boot again? Like, is this 2018? Like, I couldn't because I was always in a moon boot." Um, so <clears throat> I, I think my lesson then was so I immediately panicked because I remember saying to you, "Like, that's something I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to put weight on." Because previously, that's what had happened to me. I would get severe injuries, not move, and then fucking binge it to find comfort. Um, and that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen again. But I remember you saying to me, like, you need to prove to yourself that even when, like, certain conditions are removed, you can still remain in control. So I, cu I couldn't walk, like, I couldn't run, I couldn't train, like, I couldn't do anything. Like, I remember doing some upper body training, but it was even sore to be, like, standing. And I was like, I'm just fucking sitting on this bench, fucking <laughs> shoulder press, dumbbells raging about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could do some upper body work, but I wasn't getting the movement in that I wanted to. Um, and... So I learned that lesson that there's so much more within my control, even when a circumstance is removed from you. I still managed to lose weight because I just defaulted to managing my calories closer. Um, and then the other, what was the other lesson that I learned? What was the other thing I was going to say? Can't remember, it'll come back to me. Go on to yours. All the phone it. <laughs> I know, I was sitting looking at it and I was thinking as I was talking there, what was the other lesson? My... My lesson would be don't discount something that you feel maybe hasn't been beneficial for you in the past mm. because it might be beneficial for you now. So like I remember I got a new training program through at the time and I had back squats um, programmed in. I mean, I used to back squat, not all the time, but it would fucking destroy my back, destroy it. Mm. And I remember even just saying at the time, like totally different mindset, right? Because I'm, I think the growth that you go through allows you to look at things very objectively and not subjectively you're like right well this is here for a reason right I've never communicated the fact to him that back squats have been an issue they've just mm -hmm. not been programmed until now so I can either say to him you know what get them out because they don't work for me or I can go and fucking try and mm -hmm. I started breaking out like 160 kilo for like five reps at a time and I was like this this feels nice yeah. <laughs> and I loved having the bar in my back again and like shifting some tin and turning some heads in the gym, I was like, this is what this is all about. So just <laughs> out something that's maybe not worked previously or not been the base for you previously when you're in a totally different position now. It's like what we often say to people that things they've done that worked before might not now work for them. Yeah. So yeah, that's mine. Did you remember your other lesson? 
I didn't, but that takes me into my lesson for April. Um, because in April, I remember when I, because I was so uncomfortable at the start of the year. <laughs> There's a picture of you and Sunday first recording the podcast. <laughs> um, I remember at the start of the year being so, so uncomfortable with how I felt that I thought that I, I naively thought that by April, I would have made like so much progress and I would be feeling so much better. And I had made some progress, but obviously the availability of how much progress I could make was limited by injury. And I can remember it getting to like Easter time. And again, I remember being like back in the day doing Cambridge after Easter uh, weekend, the mum and dad's caravan opens up again for the season. And I remember every single season being in the Cambridge diet, going to the caravan, like not being able to fucking eat anything, like just being fucking, just feeling like I just need to, this needs to be the last time that it's ever like this. And I can remember just, it was almost like I went through all of the emotional cycles that I'd been through before on a fat loss journey that even the one knew what to do. Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to accept that, I had to accept that although I was feeling the similar, although I was feeling similar feelings, I had to fight those same urges that I used to feel. So I can remember in April feeling the urge to really heavily restrict. And <clears throat> especially because I was limited with the injury and like I was going to more events now with HPC. So I remember, and the thing is, is that see when you feel really uncomfortable in your body, see being at event after event and there's pictures getting taken off you left, right and centre. It's really, really hard to then see like all these pictures of yourself because like you can't hide for how you look. Like you can yeah. hide for how you look a lot of the time, but when there's been pictures taken, you've got no control of when they're being taken or what angle they're being taken from. Like it can be it can be really difficult to be served that stark like reminder of what you look like. So I can remember feeling like Right, I need, I need to restrict more. I don't know. I'm going to reduce my calories, reduce my calories, and I had to fight against that so much because I was like, if you restrict your calories, this all ends. Like this all ends, and you go back to the start yet again. And I can remember, I feel like my biggest lesson in April was patience yeah. with so many things because trying to juggle. I remember the working HPC being really, really intense. And just because I was meeting everybody, so I was in like multiple different calls a day. Like I was essentially doing two full time jobs. I I had been working like fourteen hour days, forty five days a week, like really really unsustainable working practices, but being in denial about it and trying to pretend that it was all okay. And I can remember having this battle with myself where I was like, "It's just temporary. It's just temporary." But like I was like, "Well, it's been four months now." <laughs> <laughs> and I think I knew that I always knew there was going to be like an adjustment and stuff in the role, but I can just remember feeling like this is not what this year's about. This year is about me. And as much as I want to create success and I want to do a great job and I will do a great job, I can't let go of me. Like I can't, I cannot take away the things that I know keep me me. And I can remember feeling that urge, urge, urge to restrict because I was seeking control. I felt like I didn't have control over what I wanted and what I was doing with just the volume that I was working, that I was like, if you allow yourself to restrict even more to try and speed this process up, you end up back at fucking square one. So I think in April, I really had to learn patience and I really had to learn like letting go of the need to see an outcome, yeah. like and just letting go of the need to think about where I would be and what way I wanted to be and by when and I needed to just let go of all of that and just fucking do it and be patient. Definitely. And you did. I did. And I'm still doing it. Still on the journey, bro. Exactly. Exactly. I found this well funny picture of Sunday when she got a terrible haircut. So this is one lesson. Don't take her somewhere new for a haircut that doesn't oh, like. oh. look at her there. Oh my God. Oh she's been rubbed. I know honestly she any of you have ever seen the mask, like the dog in the mask, when they put the mask on? <laughs> it's an oldie, man, absolute goldie, man. Um, yeah, actually, looks like a Yorkie. I can't cope. I know, it's horrendous, horrendous. Imagine doing that to such a beautiful dog. I know. Um, my actual lesson, though, from April would be surprises aren't always good things. So mm. I remember I hadn't told my mum and dad that 
we were secretly getting married. Like, right, so it was like I was a, wondering if you bring that up because I came across the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like <laughs> we had to get married before we got married in Spain because it wasn't going to be legal, like legal in Spain. So we got married in April. We didn't tell anyone really, but a few people, and it ended up getting back to my mum and dad. But my thing was that I wanted to surprise them. So <laughs> I wanted to send them a picture afterwards and be like, surprise. <laughs> Here we go, we're married. Um, and it did not go down that way. <laughs> they ended up finding out. They ended up finding out and then not telling me that they knew. And then it got back to me that they knew through the person that told them that I heard how pissed off they were. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is not what I need right now to have this conversation. <laughs> um, but also a lesson in there is do what makes you happy to like because that's why I ended up saying to them I was like listen this was my choice it was my decision I wanted to surprise you like I've told you my view let's get fucking past it now end mm-hmm. of the day like I know how you feel I do apologize but at the end of the day this is what I wanted and it's actually about me it's not about you guys so yeah. let's just move and that was literally how the conversation got put to a halt because I was like I'm just not fucking dealing with this yeah. uh, there's no need like I've said I'm sorry and this is how it is so there's another lesson for you shall we uh, go on to me I'm trying to make this like not horrendously long because I feel as yeah. if I've been here for fucking ages we could we would still be here in 2024 <laughs> yeah um, so me. Um, me, me, I had a couple of lessons, and me, I was told by my wee sister that I had to change, change my dress sense, my fashion sense. Oh my god! Oh, this is when this happened. Yeah, because she said that I was dressing like a millennial, and I was like, "Well, I'm a millennial." But to be fair, she made a point because she told me some things to buy. I've always been really bad for when I gained weight, just dressing like some cunts more. Like just dressing in things that like fit me and that I feel don't make me look huge. And she gave me a right talking to, you and she was like, regardless of what size you are, you deserve to feel good in your clothes. And I was like, Do you know what? That's a fucking excellent point. Um, so in May, I think I learned the lesson that even if you're not the person that you want to be, that doesn't mean that you still don't respect the person that you are, because you only get to be the person that you want to be by respecting the person that you are currently. Um, And I think in May, I can remember starting to feel a wee bit more hopeful about, I felt like in May I started to just, I started to get a better rhythm with things. Like I remember having a big emotional breakdown to you on a day that we came on to record the podcast. We both had a wee breakdown, like I think like a month apart for each other. Yeah. Um, I remember having a big breakdown about, because I wasn't keeping the intention that I'd made to myself in terms of, getting a better work-life balance that yeah. the balance was still too tipped towards work um and I felt that it was just having a big impact on me psychologically really so um I remember feeling that frustration at myself and I remember having a big fucking emotional breakdown and you basically tell me to get a grip um and I did and I remember a huge lesson in me as well was um letting go of the the person that was on the pedestal so like I spoke about this I think in the the podcast episode where I nearly cried about um when I used to watch my wedding video and like cry because I wasn't that size anymore and um obviously our wedding anniversary was in May and I can remember sitting in May and thinking that just doesn't fucking matter Jen like get a grip of yourself um and feeling really inspired by everybody running the marathon because we had all the clients run the marathon in May and the lesson I learned that month is was that if all those people who thought they couldn't do it can, then I can too. Love that. Love that. Um, mine is never park in an NCP car park ever again because that's what <laughs> yeah, when you get robbed. Yep, my car got burgled. I don't know. I, I think we probably did speak about it in the podcast at this point, but they literally used a, an electric fob against my car. They stole my entire suitcase, my mate's entire suitcase, and then left one of my mates who doesn't have the greatest dress senses full suitcase behind. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and um they were smoking weed in my car and all that. Fucking mental. Like Didn't literally having a mad party like in my motor while we were competing at the High Rocks World Championships. So that would be one lesson. Second lesson would be hmm, I actually never done much in me. I think it was a bit of a boring bastard in me. But I think one thing that definitely comes to mind and kind of stands out from all as 
change can happen quickly if you are incredibly patient because mm-hmm. like I'm even looking at pictures of myself coming me here after going through that kind of bulk phase then I'm cutting down here again for the wedding and I'll feel like I look great yeah like that's six months from having like a mini breakdown almost yeah. to 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 being back feeling my best and like that is to that was that yeah know? yeah yeah and it changes so rapidly like it changes so rapidly because time goes so quickly yeah like I see know. people thinking like oh like oh three months six months to get this nine months to get this it'll go by rapid get a grip and just do the work like before you know it'll be here i know the time it's will always pass you by 100%, 100%. And I was massively inspired by the guy who's running the marathon as well. That was superb, but that was the most horrendous, like, 40 hours of my life. Competed at High Rocks in Manchester. Had to then obviously go through the whole police thing afterwards for getting robbed. Drove up the road, never get in until, like, 2 in the morning, half 2 or something. Then was up at yours at 7 a.m. to then drive through to Edinburgh eh, for the guys doing the marathon. Then I never got home until, like, 8 p.m. at night. Then I was flying again the next day at, like, 10 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. and then I never got home until like 2am the next morning so I was fucked yeah <laughs> fucking good man absolutely done in. but now you know why we say that you have to build resilience and resistance to these things absolutely absolutely um, June I've done that um, June what was the lesson in June do you know something the lesson in June was you deserve to have fun even if you're working on something like you can still, you still deserve to see, you still deserve to have some spontaneity, even when you're focusing your energy and intention into creating something. Um, and I remember, oh, and the other one is as soon as you turn 30, every fucker has a win. Like every two minutes, somebody's having a win. Um, in June, we went to uh, Dusseldorf with Joan Kelly, and I can remember us going back and forward on it and being like, no, we can't. We've got Ibiza yeah, the month after. And, like, like when it makes sense money wise, and I was like, and I'm trying to lose weight, and blah 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 blah, and we were like, do you want to just fucking go? And we were like, I fuck it, mum will just go. Um, to be fair, we went when we went to put Lockie for Kelly's thirtieth. We had a drink in us, and Joe talked talked us into it, and I booked the flights there and then. Um, and knew what it was doing. So, um, and we had a fucking brilliant time, and I'm so so glad that we went because the lesson for me there was you don't need to earn happiness. Like, you don't need to earn fun and you don't need to earn nice experiences. Like, you just deserve to have the fun and deserve to have the experiences, whether you've earned it or not. And you can't say, just because something maybe doesn't fully make sense logistically or, like, not everyone needs to be fucking productive. Like, sometimes you can just, not everyone has to have a reason. Sometimes you can just go a weekend away with your pals because you want to. And you don't have to earn that or justify that. Yeah, 100%. And I remember you actually saying to me, and I was like, you were, I think you were actually saying, this is how I'm going to approach my drinks and my food and all that. And I was like, just go and have fucking fun. I know what I was saying. <laughs> I know. I, I literally said, go have fun. And then you never text me the whole weekend, right? Because then I knew, like, you would have <laughs> updated me with, like, food pictures or something. And then on Monday, you're like, I fucking pissed. <laughs> In fairness, our food intake wasn't bad at no, all. No. I don't yeah, my, food was, my food was absolutely fine and I stuck to the gin and slims but I was fucking steaming Aye. and Aye. what a laugh and the weather was brilliant it was roasting yeah. and I just we got um, CD scooters we just fucking scooted I mean, we, got, we made sure we got our steps but then we scooted everywhere and Paul's heart was in his fucking mouth because obviously I'm the injury queen had just healed from a broken ankle and I was fucking four gins and two espresso martinis deep fucking scooting about Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf, like I was in a fucking, like I was in the Fast and the Furious. I love those scooters, by the way. I remember we were in Prague and Connor was was on one of those scooters and there's trams in Prague. I'm not too sure if there's trams in Dusseldorf. And the way he was in the road, he was going straight, but then the, the back wheel get caught in the tram line. So the scooter no. started going he was still going forward though. And somehow he ended up not falling over, he ended up holding onto the handles going on his feet and running on the tarmac and then, like, spinning the scooter around and jumping back on it. Like, Tory Hawk scooter. Oh, in hell, man! I have no idea how he done it. I was behind him and I was like, how has this guy just done this? He's, like, not a sporty guy at all. Like, this is... That was the biggest flock I've ever seen. Fucking brilliant. Fair play. Um, June, for me, is... The responsibility always lies with you. You're the action taker. So... You'll see... You see how my year just got progressively more stressful. After I then landed um, back after being robbed in that mental like 48 hours, 
I'd already received the day before High Rocks an eviction notice. Oh, I remember this. To get the fuck out but the, the, the apartment we were staying in. And I had 30 days to get out. And funnily enough, 30 days took us to the day that we were flying for the wedding. <laughs> so we had to find somewhere brand new to live. So if anyone if anyone listening has ever met my beautiful wife, right? She's great, but she fucking has a breakdown at every opportunity. <laughs> so this was a big deal. And I was like, listen, stay calm. I'll sort it when I'm home. Like that was even like, see as mental as those few days where like being down at High Rocks getting robbed in Edinburgh, all of that sort of stuff. Then also having a wife back home, knowing that we're getting evicted. Or oh, uh, soon to be wife. She gave me, we all got COVID, remember me, you and the COVID That's as right. well. That's right. So we did. So we did. So I had that to contend with. So we had to find somewhere new to live and also move in within, what, 26 or 25 days, I think it was, when I got home, before we then had to then pack up and then go home for, for our wedding. So... I took control of that situation. It kind of reminded me of a time I took control back in 2021 when we were going to live in Spain for a bit and we were driving down to get a ferry and remember the car broke down like 20 oh, miles yeah. in. It's a brand, pretty much brand new car. It was like nine months old and they told us we weren't going to make the ferry and the ferry had been booked for months and they'd said that there was no other availability. Then I phoned around all these different ferry companies going to different parts of Spain and France and I finally found someone that had cancelled the day before and I remember I've not seen like even when we've had arguments or like or tiffs or like anything within our relationship, I've never seen this woman cry so hard in the day than what she did on the day where she thought we weren't going to get to Spain because we had this car fully packed up. We had the dog. We've got pictures for the dog being in the back of this AA van taking us yeah. to Newcastle with this car because they then had to end up putting us up in like a hotel. They gave us a car we had to drive around in. I, I had to go and get new um, PCT tests. Is that what they were called for COVID again? Oh, what were they called? I can't remember. PCT? That kind of sounds familiar. It's not PCT, but it's something like that. Someone's going to be screaming at the podcast right now, like, ah! I know. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, that was only valid for, like, 48 hours. And having rebooked, I had to then go get another one done and all that. So that was just heavy. But I took control of that situation, found a solution. She was obviously over the moon. She then had a great night because the hotel we could put up in, there was a spa and all that. So then this situation, this time, I was like, remember, I sorted it with Spain. And she's like, it's not as simple as a car breaking down. I was like, it's the same approach, right? It's the same approach. Leave it until I'm home. And then obviously I got home and I had a ton of work to do. She's like, why are you working today? (laughs) You can't be doing work right now. And I was like, just calm down and trust me. And prevailed to be fair i think we sh- i'm pretty sure joanne like almost sorted it before you get back but then i think she was wanting to use it as an opportunity to live in like the bougiest places in dubai i'm trying to try to her style. i love her style <laughs> july july <laughs> the lesson for july is you're too old for fucking you're too old to live the kind of ibiza that you lived when you were 21 yeah um no, July was fucking brilliant. The wedding was absolutely class. Me and Paul literally hit the tarmac, the tarmac in Ibiza and transported into our former selves. Um and you know the thing is, is like we pro- we would never have went to Ibiza in that way. We probably never have went to Ibiza if it wasn't for you and Joanne's wedding. Yeah. So I feel like it gave us a nice excuse to just be fucking hell. <laughs> That picture that picture's never gonna in the public eye. <laughs> That's not gonna be my next post on a on Boat for Life. What are you talking about? Fair fucks. Fair fucks. I mean, like the fact that we were fucking we were all in Kelties like the night no, no Kelties. Islander. Islander the night before your wedding. Like that just tells us everything that that, that summarizes the entire trip. Um but I it was a, it was such a good laugh. I'm so glad we booked that night in Yushwaya at the last minute as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was um, my body taught me after that that you don't have it in you party like you used to. That was that was definitely my last hurrah and what a fucking hurrah it was, by the way. Um, so yeah, that was the lesson that month was you're never too old to party, but you definitely are too old to party like that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> that would be one of my lessons. That would be one of my lessons. Uh, the, the second thing is, for me, during major life events, when you feel when you feel like it gives you time to reflect, reflect and take action on the things that you know 
you now need to change because I've spoke about having like this epiphany after getting married. Like this is what needs to change in my life. This is the life I want together. X, Y, and Z. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, this is when we basically started to launch this business afterwards because that's another that's another lesson because I text you, I was sitting talking to Joanne and she puts things so simple. I think sometimes when we can make it so complex when it comes this, to like- This was August. Up. This was August just for accuracy. No, it was it was it was no, July. It was July. We were away in August. Yeah, right. yeah, it was her birthday. So her birthday's the last weekend in July, and we were away in an overnight, and we sat and we had a couple of mojitos, and I was just talking about my frustrations and the things that I felt had to change after getting married, and I was like, just fucking ranting, and she was like, but why don't you, Jen, just not fucking do this? And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and the thing I is, thought about that. I, Thing is, we had spoke about it before. I'd also spoke to like what I would describe as someone that I trusted before that said that it wasn't the best idea, but it always kind of stayed in my mind, and I think it always stayed in your mind as well. So I was like, Oh, do you want to go up the room, get ready now? Because I know Joanne takes a lifetime to get ready. So here's me and Jen voice noting each other back and forth. I'm hiding in the bathroom. Like, we need to fucking do this. We need to launch this. We need to launch this program for coaches and so on, so on and so forth. And uh, my big lesson would be like, don't sit on something that you know you want to do because it only makes it more difficult to take action over time when you build routines around doing things that you may you might necessarily not want to do yeah yeah big time and I think like I do think I think because getting married is a life event it really puts life as a whole into context for you and like I can remember like after we get married I can remember having the same like epiphany around the kind of life that I wanted to contribute to building for us and the job that I was in was not going to do that, but running my own business was. So I can remember that almost being the thing that was like the motivator for me to live a different life than I would stay in where I was. And I think it reminds you of what's important, but I think it also reminds you that like if, if like once you're, I, I feel like once you're married, your, your mission in life becomes like, how do I make sure that we are always happy and thriving? and how do I make sure that everything my everything else in my life facilitates us being like happy and thriving and I think when you feel that like when you feel that like nothing nothing else can spur you on to make change in that way um and that takes us to August, August. so I've got a couple of lessons for August number one lesson is don't tell Mark that you've got a solo trip booked to go away yourself because he'll just fucking gate crash it, first and foremost, right? <laughs> However, the other lesson that lies within that is if you do want to build a new business from the ground up, get out of your environment and go and do it somewhere else where you can eat tapas and drink beers and brainstorm because you definitely think better like out with your environment. I feel like we have tried, we've tried to do, like we've done some work before on built for life on our own businesses like on collaboration stuff together like at my house at the kitchen table but like we were never going to build we built that full business <laughs> beginning to end and then another business idea that will stem off of that beginning to end then all the restructure within built for life beginning to end in the space of what two days yes. like you you can't do that when you're like when you're not in when you're in your own environment so, oh. and I think that my biggest lesson for then amongst all amongst those other ones was that like, just because you want to believe something is true doesn't mean that it is. And what I wanted to believe was true was that I was doing the right thing in choosing the positions that I wanted to be in. And I was choosing, I was doing the right thing by choosing to work in other people's programs, doing what I enjoy. And I was telling myself, like, I don't want my own program because I'm not good at business stuff. And, like, I don't want the pressure of it. And it doesn't suit my lifestyle. And, like, even just things like I was fucking trying to forecast for if we had a child, like, which is ridiculous because I'm not fucking pregnant. So I don't need to worry about that now. But it was like, if we had a child and I worked on other people's programs, it would be easier for me to take time off than it would if I was running my own program. And if I wasn't, if I'm running my own program and I need to be responsible for X, Y, and Z, it's too much pressure. My mental health's too fragile for me to be able to handle all these things. All this, all these fucking lies, right? And unnecessary shit 
that I was telling myself because fundamentally I didn't believe that I was capable. So because I didn't believe I was capable, it was a lot easier to believe the fucking lies that I was telling myself instead of taking a fucking chance. And it's funny because like I, I hadn't sat and thought about I want us to create our own programme for coaches at any point in the year, right? Until you voice noted me and said, Joanne's just asked me why me and you are not just building our own thing for educating coaches. She said, because she's heard the two of you fucking speak about it. Why are we not doing it? And I replied to you, I remember replying and being like, I have no fucking idea. Like, I yeah. honestly don't have an answer. Like, I don't have an answer that's good enough to justify why we're not doing it. And you were like, do you want to fucking date then? And I was like, how about it? <laughs> <laughs> and that was that, Built to Coach was born. And now we're here today. Like, we're close to a month away from the first day, the first cohort which is going to be class. I'm just looking at all these tapas photos, man. These were banging. These oh, and I get back I get back to running in August as well after being oh, out of the injury. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, my lesson from August is if you feel you have something good, you need to you need to express it. And that goes hand in hand kind of with what you were saying. But then mm-hmm. I went away and I delivered a talk to a bunch of coaches uh, like a week later like 150 yeah. of them in the room and the compliments I was getting off the back of it were insane. Like things that coaches don't know, don't understand, they've never heard before. They were literally blown away with it and the amount of messages I was getting, the amount of thank you cards I was getting. But also do it in your own way because I got up in that stage and I went right through them for for not basically delivering the best possible service that they could. Yeah, <laughs> and I was calling them all cunts. And <laughs> I was flinging myself in there and they were loving it. You don't know about coaches just yet. Like they're quite sadistic, so they like they like you um, just fucking talking to them, talking dirty, yeah. talking dirty to them. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, much. Pretty much. So that's mine for August. What about September? September. Oh, biggest lesson in September is you can take time off and no bad things happen. Yeah. <laughs> because I took the longest. I took two weeks off of work, which is the longest I've ever taken off since. Um, starting my business and I can remember thing- I did do work, I did design work and built to coach when we were on um, the train, so like the first the first thing I ever designed about this programme other than this, other than the skeleton stuff that we did in uh, Barcelona, the first um, like content based piece of work that I designed and built to coach was on the Amtrak from Boston to uh, oh. New York so there you go. That's built to built to coach is fucking international already. Um, you can take time off and bad things don't happen. Yeah. Um, because that was the longest period of time that I took off and I properly made sure I took time off. And I think just being able to go on that trip, I think after like eight months of really solid, intensive work without really much break, I think until America had taken. I'd taken a week off for Ibiza, but I still worked. Um, I was still in comms with people and I still had like stuff like to post and stuff. Like, I didn't do major round, I didn't do calls or anything, but I was still working. I took three days, I think, in April. So like I hadn't actually taken any actual proper time off work until the September. And I can remember feeling like I really, really need this. But sometimes when you don't give yourself enough reward for the hard work, it can feel like a lot of hard work with not much to show for it. But I remember going on that holiday and being able to, like, my, Paul Gazafi's not about it, but, like, that was that was a gift that I wanted to buy for him, essentially, was us take, being able to take us on um, that holiday because that's something that we would never, ever have been able to afford to do, like, a holiday like that for two weeks, like, travelling down the East Coast of America, like, it was one of if not like the greatest experience in my life it was fucking class we had so much fun and getting to just experience something completely new together like to travel about see different places like just have a laugh and have fun and make memories and I was like this is this is what life is about like and don't get me wrong you can't fucking travel America for a fortnight like every couple of weeks like that it's a kind of once in a lifetime type holiday but like I think that made me realise that this is what life is about. Like, I, I get a, such a sense of purpose and contribution for my work that sometimes I can forget that it's work. 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I, sometimes I need a reminder that actually this is the this is the purpose of hard work in life. Like you need to you need to be able to reap the rewards of it. And I think that for me was a huge signifier of success that I was able to do that. Like me and Paul never went on holiday for years when we first met because we had no money. And I remember the first holiday we went on, I took him to Barcelona for his 30th. And I remember I booked it through on the beach and it was, I wanted to take him on holiday and the spending money for his 30th. And I remember, I think it cost me £500 because this was back in the day when holidays didn't cost a fucking fortune. And it cost me £500 for the flights and three nights accommodation. And I can remember paying it up like every single week on, like every month when I get paid on on the beach, going in and paying it up every month and being fucking buzzing to take him. And I can remember, and I remember this being in America and I'm like five years later and look at where the hard work has got me that I'm able to do this for like us as a family to have that kind of experience. Like it was just pure, like this is why, this is what life is about to be able to do these things. And you can actually take time off and nothing bad happens. <laughs> Made me where we really been in that holiday, man. I was just watching the full thing, like, can't believe, can't believe I need to work when she's away doing this. Oh, it was honestly incredible, and like we just said no in nothing. Like we did everything we crammed so much in, and like we've seen so many like museums and fucking aquariums and like historical tours. I got to go to Salem, which was honestly my favourite place. I fucking loved Salem. I could have spent a fortnight there. And done like the witches tour and like seen all the hocus pocus filming locations and like seeing Manhattan at night off the Staten Island ferry like so many incredible seeing Wicked and Broadway fucking highlight of my whole entire life. Um, it was just phenomenal. I would do it all again in a heartbeat. Well, I think I like your lesson as well. I'll, I'll do that because I've probably taken the longest or the most of most time I've ever taken off in this job this year, but it probably still only amounts to like three weeks in total. Yeah. <laughs> um. We need to get better at that for next year. 100%. My second lesson is that Gerard Butler can park. Oh, my God. Was that September? It was at the end, I. No, it was. He fucking loved me. He hated you. I, I know, I know, I know. I, like, listen, like, I'm just... He probably seen me as, like, a force. Like, am I going to have to fight this guy? Am I going to have to go full Spartan on this guy? <laughs> to be fair, but, like, I re remember you said to him, like, oh we're filming content for our new business, like, can you say something? And I think he must have thought that we were fucking, like, selling tannin injections or some shit. Like, he must have thought they're a couple of fucking shady characters. All I did was rib him for his parking and say, do you want me to park it for you? And he was Aye. fucking pissing his cell off. And I was like, well, what can I say? I'm a natural comedian. <laughs> I did ask him that, but I was kidding on, by the way, just in case you guys are like, well, what did he say then? Uh, <laughs> I was like, I said it to him and he gave me this look and I was like, I'm kidding on, mate, calm down. <laughs> so it probably did put us off on the wrong foot, but my lesson for September um, would be the best things happen when you don't expect them. Mm. So coming back, because that was like a, an emergency flight home to set up more built-to-coach stuff and like record stuff. Like that was like a three-day trip. And yep. that's when I got upgraded to, to business class. Uh, oh, yeah. Way British Airways. And Joanne was fucking raging. Because yeah. I, like, I, I don't think I would actually ever pay the, the, the money for business. Not like I fucking got the money to be spending it in business anyway. Like, But if I did, I still am like, would I pay that? Mm. Like, I think it's a ridiculous price to pay. And I think it would have to be like a once in a lifetime holiday type thing that you pay yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. You would need to be going like a big fucking, oh, do you yeah. know what I mean? A big, like luxurious holiday together or something for Aye. it to be worthwhile. 100%, 100%. So I got that and it was overnight anyway. So it was only good because I was able to sleep. And yeah. I, I woke up 45 minutes before landing and I hadn't eaten any of the food because I'd slept the food like, <laughs> away. And I was like, oh, and that's what I was looking forward to most when I heard. I was like, oh, like, are you no longer doing are you no longer doing food like and she was like no I can go get you something if you want and I was like this would never happen in the economy <laughs> I was like feed me <laughs> so yeah that's my lesson I love it I love it um October October so when you guys smashed a half marathon yeah yeah so October yeah probably a couple ones I think I learned that I always need to have a performance goal in place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I learned um, I think I learned in October 
the price that you pay for being in function and burnout. Yeah. Um, because I think up until that point, I was really normalising the the way that I was working, like and we, I don't know if like I don't know if it helps that we both work in a similar way. So <laughs> we we swing between validating one another and challenging one another. Um, but I think in October, October is when I reduced my role in um, HPC, so that freed up a significant amount of time. And for the first time ever in my business, things have been quieter, uh, which I've never experienced before, and not in a bad way. Like, it had to be because we're designing built to coach, so the time has been necessary to be able to design that. But I learned in October... The price that you pay for living and functioning burnout, how much better I feel when I am making the prioritisation for me. And I think I did make so much progress with my intention on investing more time in myself because I 100% did. But I think I could still do better at yeah. that and I could still do better at doing it consistently because I think October taught me that I was attaching so much worth to my productivity yeah. that when my productivity not even just much productivity because I've still been working, but it was almost like I was, I was attaching my worth to extreme, like working in the extreme to the point where when that was taken away from me and things got quieter, I was forced to face things that I'd been distracted from. Yes. You know, and they, they kind of caught up with me a bit in October, I think. The same with me because I went on my honeymoon in October. And mm-hmm. Joanne said for the first like day or two, I was fucking like on edge, yeah. like on edge. Obviously, we went to the Maldives as well, so it was a fucking four mile long island or like round island circumference that I was running around. So we were stuck there with pretty much nothing to do, and I was so aggy, man, so mm-hmm. aggy. But that came as a result of like because see when I'm in that state, you'll be the same as just go go go, like you just do everything. So that the fact that I was slowed down so much, mm-hmm. it was like what did I do now? But I just genuinely had to rest. So I'd say that mine is probably very similar to yours. And also, like, I enjoy myself best socially when I'm doing things that I actually enjoy socially. Like, we went to that murder mystery night in October, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was class. It was absolutely class. Like, everybody else was drinking, I wasn't drinking. I solved it as well. Like, I was the one that solved it. I loved it. And I was like, we need to do more of this shit. It was on a Thursday night. So again, like, it took time. I never take time like during the week to do anything yeah. I'm really bad at. I'm really bad at. A school night. Yeah, I exactly. So I really need to get better at stuff like that. So I really, really enjoyed that. So I, I've known that I've always maybe never enjoyed what people's perception of being social is. Like mm-hmm. to some degree I do, to others not so much. Like I think you can go a bit too far and if it's too frequent, but we've met some people that are kind of more on that wavelength that like do more than just get absolutely pissed. And yeah. one of the nicest bars and take pictures at this place and that place. Like we've actually made people who are more open. And I think that actually comes with the maturity as well. Because these yeah. people are older. Because I've always felt like I've been years, like years above where I actually am sometimes in my mind. I feel like a fucking old man and Joanne tells me. <laughs> yeah. So like these these people that we've met were like like on the other side of 30. And I'm like, this is more like my type of person. Like, in yeah. these situations, you know what I mean? So, really enjoyed that. Um, what about November for you? Oh, well, I also rediscovered my love in October of the tuna melt. Oh, oh stinking. Oh, I mean, mate, I'm telling you the now, right? Severed though. You can't tell me that doesn't look good. Is there me on it? Aye. Give it to fuck. <laughs> Severed though. You're looking at Rachel that way. I don't get it. Severed oh. Tuna mayo, sauerkraut. I like that, yeah. Toasted, right. Try it and then get back to me, is all I'm saying. Butter yeah. the sauerkraut, toast it in a pan. I don't mind tuna, right? I actually don't mind it. It's because I always connect tuna with mayo. And I fucking hate mayo. Just can't oh, do it. I know, I know. I but... see, a, if you ever see a bit of cupy mayo in it. Fucking... Mm. Let's Exceptional move. on October I made my steak sandwich and all. You can get on both that. Oh yes, that I that's good. That's good. Yeah. Let's move on to November or something. Anyway, enough about food. Um November. Oh, okay. So in November, 
in November, I had to, I learned another lesson that I learned the year previously, which is don't wait until your accounts are due for your tax return to update your accounts for an entire year. Um, I thought I learned that lesson last year, but sadly I didn't. So here's hoping that next year I learn to keep on top of my accounts every month instead of furiously searching for fucking 10 month old receipts and handbags um, to try and keep my accounts in order because that's not the behaviour of a responsible business owner. I also had to learn... I found winter quite difficult because I've been off my medication um, for the first winter of my whole life. So I had to, I had to learn the lesson of allowing myself the control of keeping all my coping mechanisms in place and making them a really foundational part of the way that I live, which I've done well. But I also had to learn that that doesn't mean that I will then not feel emotion. So I've really had to learn to be comfortable with uncomfortable emotions because I've been so used to for such a long time being able to just numb them and take a pill and they go away um, that having to feel them in all their glory yeah, <laughs> has yeah, been really hard yeah. yeah and feeling things like feeling feeling emotions previously would have meant that something extreme was about to happen to me so previously if I felt like sadness it would be the beginning of a, an extensive depressive episode so I had to learn that it's okay for me to feel things like sadness and things like anxiety and it doesn't it's not indicative of a mental health crisis coming um that's been a hard lesson to learn but a really necessary one to learn and I'm still learning it um but I watched the film Inside Out for the first time ever in my life um after Dean told me to watch it and it's a fucking brilliant film and that really actually really helped me with the whole situation Plus, top tips there for other people there you go um mine for November is getting older as a gift like genuinely feel the best I've ever felt my entire life and it can only get better if I keep on using the tools and building upon them so turn 30 had a great time the other lesson would be actually do not let people stay in your environment when you're an adult that has a business to run multiple businesses to run and your mates are on holiday <laughs> we literally had my two mates and one of my mates two-year-olds living here it was madness it's a two-bed <laughs> flat it's a two-bed flat <laughs> there was five people in a two-bed flat um and i felt like my week was just all over the shop literally mm. all over the shop like i don't like having things thrust upon me i like that planning i am not a massive one for spon- spontaneity i would much rather someone say we might be spontaneous around this time on this date so why don't you just keep it free <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to go with the flow, but what time does the flow start? Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, that'd be mine. Now on to December, the finale. Um, December. I mean, I don't know if I, I mean we're only halfway through, but my lessons for December so far are trust the process, especially when you don't understand the process. I'm yes. having to learn that a lot. We, um, we we built to coach. Uh, let go of the need to make everything perfect because it will figure itself out. Uh, which is a lifelong lesson the time will always pass you by a lot quicker than what you realize so make sure that you invest the time so that you can look back and know where you spent that time like let it pass you but if you let it pass you and you don't know where you've invested it that's the only time that it feels like a waste I can tell you like we can look at our months and know exactly what we were investing our time into every single month um experiences over material things see for your christmas if you're struggling for you and your partner what to buy each other for christmas don't buy each other anything take the same amount of money and book like a luxury suite somewhere overnight because it's so much more enjoyable and something to look forward to um any lessons you get out for december fuck's sake so many i know and i'm like it's only two weeks in i've, not <laughs> no. I've had fucking hunters um <laughs> and success doesn't find you you create it yes 100 that's that's really good actually that's spot on um mine would be have difficult conversations especially when you feel as if the difficult conversations that you're having aren't aren't potentially going in the direction that you want to be persistent with it in the mm-hmm. past week or so i have not feel, feel feel seen or heard in a particular type of situation and it's really fucking pissed me off <laughs> it kind of 
you need to not lose your head in these conversations because it'd be very easy for for you to say like this person's not listening to me they're not hearing what i'm saying they're not taking this on board and that could actually end things in a very very bad way like i would much rather not burn bridges and end things amicably if possible so you need to sometimes park whatever it is that you're feeling the frustration that you're feeling that you feel is coming from the conversation that you're having that maybe isn't the way in which you wanted it to go and find a way to explore it in a different way that gives you the outcome that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I was a terrible communicator for years and I would have just lost my shit before. So I was actually very proud of myself. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just actually said, I'm going to leave this for a day. Like, because you're just clearly not listening to me. Yeah. If people are thinking it's like me and Joanne, it's not, by the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> totally different things. Totally different things. Um, if it was Joanne, you probably would have just said it was. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. Um, and then we went back to the next day with an even clearer head. Like, I think so many people are, like, so emotional where they're like, no, I'm replying to you now. Like, yeah. and I'm like, no, just take the time. Like, take the time to collect yourself and think, what do I want to say? What do I want to get across? Um, and also that... Moving towards a new year is very important for reflection. Mm. And I think those of you that don't will never be successful the following year because you're never going to be as analytical as you can be with the information that you need to have to be successful the following year. So if you're not being reflective now, do it across the board with your work, with your family, with your own personal standards, with your own personal goals, whatever they may be. Review what you've achieved this year from what you set out. Are you proud of it? And if not, what needs to change for that ha- for that to happen next year? Because as we said a couple of weeks ago on that podcast, you probably still want it. Whatever it is, yeah. you probably still want it. You now just need to put the work in to figure out how you apply it. Yeah. Your your biggest lesson from one year should always influence your biggest intention for the next. Um, it's as simple as that. Or you're doomed to repeat the same cycles of feeling guilt and shame and then set and, and then deciding how you'll behave the next year from a basis of undoing guilt and shame like that's never going to work it's never going to work if it's never worked before and please for the love of god if you've been setting your goal to lose weight this year for the last 10 fucking years and you've still not done it please try a different way yes exactly exactly <laughs> like that that should not take a rocket scientist to know yeah join belt for life the end. yes exactly the end the end and if you want to be a better coach join belt to coach the end <laughs> the end <laughs> <laughs> but there you go guys that was definitely more than 12 lessons for 12 months of the year <laughs> 24. yeah as we always like to do so hopefully this has spurred you on to do some reflection do that wee exercise go through your phone look at your year and have a good laugh because i know i just certainly did there absolutely absolutely <laughs> see you next year trips see you next year team over and out <laughs>